recording. Hello, spooky friends. I'm John, your host, and welcome to another episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. And on today's show, I am so lucky to have from the dead. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if you remember. I have Brooke, my one of my uh, uh, former co-hosts on that started all Dairyland Frights, who made this all possible. I'm so excited that she agreed to come on and take some time out of her busy schedule. If you guys remember, I did a joke on everybody uh, back a few months ago saying that Brooks, uh, Brooke and Megan were went to an investigation and they accidentally got lost or something. We don't know where they are. I'm very happy to report that I freaked out enough people that I got emails to ask if they're okay. <laughs> and yes, they're okay. If you listen to the episode, they're okay. And in proof, I have I'm here. Area. <laughs> Although Megan, you know, Megan might still be lost out there. We don't know. Mm. Yeah, she maybe she got bought by a cryptid that we might talk about. Maybe, maybe. Hmm. So, Brooke, why don't you catch people up? You know what you've kind of been doing and everything. I miss you. We miss you. But we're always lucky to have you back on the show when you can make it. Yeah, no, I I appreciate it so much. I'm so excited to to do this again. I mean, you know, I love researching cryptid stories and like. And all the random locations, like looking at Reddit stories and doing a little bit of like more deep research than just kind of like the the surface level stuff. So I'm I'm very excited to talk about talk about some fun stuff today. But but yeah, I haven't really been up to too much outside of work. And we were just chatting before we started recording about yeah. how it kind of kind of consumed me a little bit in 2023. Right. So I'm excited to um, this year get back to diving a little bit more into the the passions and the exciting things um not just all about the job so uh so yeah i'm yes i'm happy and, I'm, I'm doing good and you know like i said um brooke has carte blanche there you go i like that famous <laughs> word French, hello. Oui, oui. um to come back on the show like i said as you know uh people out there and podcasters, I know my fellow podcasters who listen to me, it takes a lot out of you to do this research. Um, hey, I'm living proof. I do two podcasts, plus I got uh, a whole bunch of other things. That's okay, though. Um, you know, we do this because it's so much fun. And it's so much fun to have Brooke back on. Because remember, folks, I gave her the moniker or nickname, the Cryptid Queen. So... <laughs> Kind of a little tease and what we're going to be talking about today. So, hey, let's get into it, Brooke. What are we talking about today? Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to give you a little teaser because there is something Ooh. else that I want to talk about before this. But mm. so this is this is my teaser to get you, you know, caught up, make you want to listen to the whole thing. So <laughs> Wendigos, a cannibalistic monster that lurks in the woods at night, stalking humans with a speed as swift as the wind killable only by cutting out its ice-cold heart straight from its chest. Could this creature be lurking in the forests of our home state of Wisconsin? Dang. I guess we'll have to wait and see and find mm. out. Because first, I want to talk about the Chicago Mothman again. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know, um, 
I think it was episode 10 we did the yeah, it was early episode, back. Yeah. yeah, back in mm-hmm. it was like February or something like that. Yeah. Um so a little bit of background. This is not the Mothman that most people are used to and um, have heard of before, not the West Virginia Mothman, the Silver Bridge Collapse, all that, but there is a different Mothman who is actually frequently seen in Chicago and around the great Greater Lakes area. So actually, even in Wisconsin, um, I think it's been seen in the Milwaukee area, in Indiana, Indianapolis. Um, and there's so many sightings of this thing. And uh, this guy, his first name is Lon. I cannot remember his last name. Um, but he has a website called Phantoms and Monsters where he kind of documents all of the sightings. Um, and it's it's kind of fun. So I, I decided to take a look at some of the more recent sightings because there are a few. Oh, so, sorry. My cat is dragging my charging cord off the table. One second. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. All right. He was, <laughs> he was like choking himself. Oh, my gosh. He is. He is too much. Um. So, uh, so yeah, if you want more background about kind of the lore and the history behind the Chicago Mothman, listen to episode, episode 10, but, um, a couple recent sightings. So this one occurred on September 7th of 2023. So just a few months ago. And again, this was just Northeast of O'Hare airport. If you remember back, O'Hare is like I don't know, the main hub of where these sightings happen. For some reason, Mothman loves to hang out around the airport. I don't know if he just feels at home with other things flying around. Who knows? But this sighting happened when a woman was driving around 10 p.m. near the northeast part of O'Hara Airport, and she remembers having an uneasy feeling out of nowhere while she was listening to Lady Gaga. (laughs) She's specific about that. And, like, no one ever has. Yeah. (laughs) No one ever has a... Uh, you know, uneasy feeling while they're listening to Lady Gaga. So she thought it was weird. No. Um, and so she was driving by a forest on Westlake Avenue and she saw something on the side of the road. And as she got closer, she realized that this uh, was a creature that was standing upright on, you know, two legs like a human would. And she thought it was about six to seven feet tall, had mm. a dark gray body and eyes, what she described as red, like a like bicycle reflectors. So like when her headlights hit it and it, and she thinks that it had wings, but they were not unfurled at the time. And um, notably, I thought this was kind of interesting. This witness hadn't actually never heard of the Chicago Mothman prior to having this encounter. And she only learned about it after she described the experience to one of her coworkers who is like into the spooky, creepy things. And her coworker was like, Hey, I think this might be a Chicago Mothman sighting. You should reach out to this guy. So she called Lon and gave her her story. And Lon in the description said that she seemed like very shaken up and uh, freaked out by this encounter too. So, um, so he felt, you know, that it was very a credible experience. So that one was kind of interesting. It was interesting to me that it wasn't, she didn't see it like flying or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of chilling and she didn't Mm -hmm. specifically see its wings. Um, which I will kind of come back to later on when we talk about the Wendigo a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's all going to tie together. It's there uh, we go. yeah. So this other one um, actually happened in January, but it wasn't reported until I think like October. Mm. And this happened in Calumet City. Um, and this was kind of a brief uh, description, but this woman describes being terrified for months by this experience she had in January. 
And she finally had to tell someone about it. So she reached out to this guy and she saw a creature um, keeping pace with a car in front of her as she was driving um, near Calumet City, which is like right on the border between Illinois and Indiana. So I think it's a little bit like southeast of Chicago. And she said she couldn't figure out what it was because it was moving really fast and it was pretty big. So she sped up to see what it was. And as she got closer, the creature like disappeared behind the car and then popped up and spread its huge wings and flew like right over her hood. Um, So that also creepy. And she didn't have really graphic descriptions of what it looked like besides that it was huge and it had wings. But um, since she was still shaken up about it months later, her sister Mm -hmm. encouraged her to report it. Um, So that also happened. And then this one I thought was just kind of interesting. This was actually, again, reported in November of 2023, but it actually happened in 2014. And this was in Greensburg, Indiana, which is quite a ways from Chicago. It's actually yeah. like southeast of Indianapolis, I believe. Yeah. But this guy had a really interesting experience, too. So he vividly remembers this. He went outside um, because his dog was outside. and He was going to get his dog because uh, the dog was gone longer than usual. And so... Hello. As he got out there, he noticed his dog was barking at something in the sky towards the uh, tree line because this guy lives really close to the woods. Um, and when he looked up, he saw a six foot tall winged humanoid creature, which he described as distinctly purple in color, uh, purple. like its body. Yeah, which I was like, oh, that's like, that's, that's a new, new one. Yeah. Um, and then the creature, I guess, he also said that it had a large head in comparison to its body and it, he didn't see its eyes. So he couldn't say whether they were like glowing red or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the creature climbed up through the trees and he thought it looked like it was trying to fly away, but the trees were too thick and he couldn't like spread its wings mm. and the guy got scared. So he ran okay. and grabbed his dog, ran inside. Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting cause there were actually a couple other, sightings in indianapolis and around indianapolis uh that we talked about during episode 10 um around that same time so there was one in like Mm. 2012 in indianapolis Mm. and then the prairie creek reservoir which is north of greensburg there was one in 2007 2011 and 2018 so um kind of seems like either this thing is traveling around the the area or it's multiple beings yeah who knows but this one's purple, so it's probably multiple, you know. So know. before we get to our main subject really quick, one thing I've heard of recently is that the Mothman is not evil, that it's kind of like warning people about something. Like it, yeah. it's kind of like your dog, your cat, where they'll start whimpering or whining. You're like, what? what's going on? And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, I don't know, maybe there's yeah. a storm or something coming. Uh, sure. What do you think of that theory? I I think it's a it's really interesting. I think yeah, I a lot of people think of it more of like an omen that is right, kind of foreshadowing something bad is going to happen. Because in like the the West Virginia story, to keep it very brief, people were seeing this creature. I think in like the seventies um, mm-hmm. or eighties, one of those. Um, and there were tons of sightings over the course of like uh, like six months to a year. And then the Silver Bridge collapse happened, which was, I think, the most deadly bridge collapse in U.S. history. Um, I killed, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still to this day, I think like forty-seven people died, and like a hundred yeah. people were injured um, in West Virginia, of all places. So, like, this is not a very populated area, but so so many people um, passed away. And as soon as that happened, like all of the sightings of Mothman seemingly just stopped. 
So a lot of people thought that Mothman was like, I don't know if he was trying to warn them or like it was just some kind of omen, maybe not an actual creature, but some kind of like supernatural occurrence that was happening that was or people maybe people were having like these visions or I don't know. It's a lot of different interesting mm-hmm, theories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's kind of interesting to think like maybe maybe Mothman isn't like a a real being, but like people yeah. there's something in like the human psyche where they see like a winged uh-huh. figure and that means something bad is going to happen right. or something along those yeah, lines. Knows, um, right? Yeah. I think that's kind of an interesting thought. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird that uh, these sightings happen so frequently around the O'Hare airport <laughs> kind of makes me like, Oh, maybe I don't want to be a uh, fly through the O'Hare uh, until people mm-hmm. stop seeing this thing. But, but yeah, I definitely think there's something to that. Yeah. The, the, I really do think so. Um, but then again, you know, there's so many omens and so many like like a there's ghosts of black cats if it shows up. You know, there's so many stories out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, if it shows up, you're you're gonna die in gonna seven days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. It's something interesting. So mm-hmm. let's get on to the main t- topic because like this yes. sounds frightening. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think this will be a really. Uh, really interesting. So we're going to talk about Wendigos and I want to shout out a couple sources that I use to kind of gather some research and information. So the Canadian Encyclopedia website um, was really helpful. Uh, The site called facinghistory.com, specifically an article called More Than Monsters, The Deeper Significance of Wendigo Stories. Um, And then Actually, oh, well, WisconsinFrights.com, which we use pretty frequently, I think. Um, and then Reddit, which I am excited to tell you the Reddit stories. They're very funny. Um, and then there's actually a show called In Search of Monsters um, that's on the Travel Channel. So there was an episode all about Wendigos that primarily took place in Wisconsin. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that was um, really interesting as well. So, sorry, I just hit my microphone. Hopefully you didn't hear that, like, super loudly. <laughs> but, <laughs> we have um, fun in this podcast. Yeah. Right? I'm like, this is a new one. I, I, I had a new microphone that I bought, like, six months ago, and it's not my little snowball anymore. It's, like, one with, like, a big, like, a real microphone. So I'm not used yeah. to taking up so much space. <laughs> but I'm getting used to it. Um, I'm excited to use this. My first time using it. So Yeah, it sounds great. Good, good. Um, so I want to set the scene a little bit, tell you uh, about the background and lore of the Wendigo, because I think that's so important and something that I really didn't know a lot about. Like I've seen Wendigo stories and heard of the Wendigo in a lot of like recent pop culture, but I didn't know a lot about the actual background of Wendigo stories in Native American culture. And I think it's super important to kind of shine a light on that because in a way we've kind of like bastardize these stories and turn it into something that it just like never originally was. And, um, and that's kind of a theme, uh, kind of going through this, but, um, so we're just going to talk a little bit about kind of the background. So the Wendigo comes from Algonquian roots. So, and also I apologize if I'm not pronouncing something right, I'm doing my best i think yes. i have most of the things down there um and also go. if i get anything wrong or anything like that like i did most of my research last night so i did the best job i could but if anyone is like hey that's totally wrong i encourage you to reach out and let me know because i uh i think it's important to like tell an accurate story about this but 
but I'm going to do my best. So the Algonquian people are one of the most populous and widespread North American native language groups. Um, that's according to Wikipedia. So um, the Algonquian groups, uh, historically, they have lived in what is now the Northeastern United States, the Great Lakes region. So, you know, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and a lot of Middle and Eastern Canada. And in Wisconsin, a lot of the Algonquian kind of like subgroups of people who lived around where we live, it would be the Kickapoo, the and then Anishinaabe groups like the Ojibwe, Potawatomi, and Menominee groups. So um, these are like Native American groups of people that we're like pretty familiar with, um, at least the uh, the names in Wisconsin. And but there's so many Algonquian groups. I didn't really realize that because Algonquin is a subgroup of like Algonquian, and there's like. 30 to 40 different like tribes and groups of people that fall under that. But the, all the Algonquian kind of shared a, um, a similar language and they shared similar legends and stories. So they have a lot of um, uh, similar, I guess uh, like tales and stories between all of them. And the Wendigo is one of them. So Wendigo lore has been a part of Algonquian tradition for many centuries, long before Europeans showed up in North America but interestingly, the first European report about a Wendigo occurred in 1638. This was by a Jesuit missionary named Paul Lejeune, or Paul Lejeune, who, Le, Lejeune, <laughs> yeah, another French word. Um, and he lived among the Algonquian people back then. And he, um, I didn't put like his exact words in here, but he basically was saying that one of the Algonquian women was telling him that a Wendigo was going around through the woods at night and killing their people. And he like fully believed this. And I think, I think that's important too. Cause I, I mm. think sometimes like, I don't know, like white Americans or just, you know, like European Americans in general kind of look at some native American legends and think like, Oh, I would never believe something like so supernatural and elaborate, but like, we have our own stories that people believe and that are, you know, in a lot of cases more right. unbelievable than a lot of these things. Yeah. And, yeah. And at the time, like the, this was not unusual to believe stuff like this at all. And like, I mean, 60 years after this is when the Salem witch trials happened. And right. I think it's also important to realize that like a lot of the native American legends and lore were very like, um, at least from what I've seen, like very steeped in like moral goodness and why it's important to be like a right. good person and a good community member. Whereas like, you know, you have these European Salem witch trials where they were like, <laughs> you know, tying rocks to women and seeing if they floated or sank or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think like it's kind of important to note that we not look at these tales as being like these outlandish things that people, absolutely, you know, like yeah, totally unbelievable or anything like that. They were very, they were very real. And to a lot of people, they still right. are very real. Yeah. So what is a Wendigo? So um, according to the Canadian Encyclopedia, and there's a lot of direct quotes um, in here, but Wendigos are powerful monsters that have a desire to kill and eat their victims, their victims being humans. Um, no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and in most versions of the legend, a human becomes a Wendigo after his or her spirit is corrupted by greed or weakened by extreme conditions such as hunger and cold. 
They are dangerous not only because of their thirst for blood, but also because they have an ability to infect otherwise healthy people or communities with evil. So, essentially, in most legends, Wendigos are these cannibalistic monsters who prey on the weak and socially disconnected, which is kind of interesting. And Mm. because of this, Wendigo legends are seen as cautionary tales about the dangers of isolation and selfishness and Mm. also the importance of community, which was so interesting to me because I never even, like, considered that or thought about that. Like, Mm that's not something you really associate with Wendigos and pop culture is the importance of community. But Mm -hmm. um, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because, you know, back hundreds of years ago um, in these communities, the cold and harsh winters meant that survival really depended on relying on the people around you and on cooperation. So sharing food and resources with each other and creating this community where you would help one another and like give people shelter if they needed it and give people food when they needed it. Um, And these were extremely important ideals to the Algonquian people. And so they kind of saw the Wendigo as like the antithesis of this. Like if you didn't help the people around you, you would turn into a Wendigo and nobody wanted to do that. (laughs) So, um, so it was really about, about that. And um, they were very like anti-greed and that was kind of seen as one of the worst traits you could have is being greedy and keeping things for yourself when, you knew that other people needed it to survive. So I thought that was really interesting, but, um, but something that people, you know, kind of have a lot of thoughts about is what does a Wendigo look like? So I was wondering, John, when you think of a Wendigo, what do you think of? Like, what do you picture in your head? Well, I think, and I would love to have you back on the show for skinwalkers. I still have not done that. Mm. Mm-hmm. but kind, kind of like that and kind of a i'm going to do a wraith and people will be like what's a wraith and what that's a whole different thing mm-hmm. kind of like skinny like big claws kind of like a like a, a sullen face big eyes that's yeah. what i think it is yeah for sure yeah so that's definitely a uh frequently um that's how it's very frequently described so there's a lot of different takes on what Wendigos are supposed to look like. One of them being, like you said, like very thin, emaciated, kind of like mm-hmm. gray skin, almost mummy-like skin. or And a lot of times with like big black eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, some people describe them as having like no lips. like And they'll say, oh, they like bit, like basically ate their lips off of their own face. Um, <laughs> oh, which is kind of, yeah, kind of gross to think about. But um, mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, a lot of times with like long gangly arms and legs, like right, sometimes right. say arms that like hit the ground almost. Um, and uh, or some people say that they're a giant, like similar, but that they also get larger as they consume more people. Interesting. Yeah. Which I thought I had never heard that before, but that is kind of kind of creepy to think about <laughs> like how big can they get okay um but something too that i see a lot more in pop culture is when it goes being um described as having like animal like ears and specifically horns or antlers and this seems to be a lot more common in like modern media um and it's hard to say whether this has like any um base in reality in algonquian legends it seems to be that Mm -hmm. this is just kind of something that came up in in media and was just like people kind of stuck to it 
Um, but it kind of depends on what you're watching, like how people um, portray Wendigos, I guess. Exactly. And really quickly, remember, yeah. these are totally different from skinwalkers. That's a totally different thing. So It is. Yeah, they yeah. so don't get them confused when you think are they the same as skinwalkers? They are not. So they're not. They are I, I believe skinwalkers also have like Native American origins, but they're Correct. not the same thing. And I, they Correct. might even come from like different groups. I'm not really sure, Correct. but yeah, they're not in, they're not even in the same thing. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they are different. Um, a couple of things that seem to be kind of um, consistent, though, with all descriptions of what when it goes is one, they have eyes like glowing hot coals, like <laughs> uh, red, like creepily glowing eyes. Nice, um, of course. Yes. And sharp, pointy teeth, which makes sense. They're, you know, tearing flesh off of people's bones that you need that. Um, notably, they yeah. always smell bad, almost always with bad breath, which I would imagine. Mm. In case. Yeah. And and always, always, like without a doubt, they're always like emaciated, like exposed rib cage. Um, some like uh, ancient portrayals of Wendigos even have like their like organs, like kind of coming out of their stomachs and stuff like that, like very just emaciated. And they look like hungry, like they're hungry as hell. They're never satiated. Mm. Um, like that's how they're portrayed. So. Um, so we'll talk about a couple different um, portrayals of them in media a little bit later, but uh, yeah, so th that's kind of what we're what we're talking about. And then, nice. in terms of like what what makes them, I mean, that already makes them scary, but what makes them so scary? And like, what do they have superpowers? And sometimes they do, and sometimes they're talked about Ooh. as having like superhuman powers, but sometimes they're not. But if they do, it's usually superhuman strength and speed especially speed and um that they have really good eyesight and hearing and um a sense of smell so they're very good at like stalking and hunting and mm. um you know hunting people through the woods that kind of thing to add to the terror by the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> to add to the overall terror this is yeah, not great. something great you want to, <laughs> want to see yeah. um and interestingly so that um Mon in search of monsters show like people of who they were interviewing were kind of saying like of all the cryptids, like the Wendigo is kind of like the scariest, <laughs> like the one that you oh, probably yeah. <laughs> for the, like definitely do not want to see, you know, Bigfoot, like he could be a friendly guy. Mothman is just trying to warn you of stuff. Like, but uh, yeah, Wendigo is not. Throat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. You do not want to come. That's why you watch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ugh. It's terrifying. So, but how are they killed? Like, what do you do if you come across yes, a Wendigo? Please tell <laughs> us. Yes. <laughs> you need to know. So again, it kind of varies. And some of these are much easier than others. So some legends say <laughs> that it can be killed with a traditional weapon. So that's, you know, hopefully if you're out there, you see one that is true and you can, you know, shoot it or hmm. knife it. I don't know. And it can die. But, uh, there's also like a pretty commonly held belief that the only way to kill a Wendigo is that you have to subdue it, cut its ice heart out of its body, and then melt it in a fire. Is that so, easy? Okay. Yeah, it's just as simple as one, two, three. Jump it! <laughs> yeah, just jump it. Subdue Get it! You know, easy as it's <laughs> running and jumping and way stronger than you. It's fine. You'll, you'll, yeah, we're good. You can do it. Right 
And then still others say that the only way to get rid of one is to have a shaman basically perform a ceremony or spell to dispel it. So oh, that um, sure. also another thing <laughs> that, you know, you just got to find a shaman real quick. It's fine. Yeah, um, we can do that piece of cake. Yeah. So not really sure what, uh, which one of these is supposed to be the most accurate, but, uh, you know, hopefully again, if you come across one, the first one is the one that is true. So I want to talk about since Wendigos are really common in um, I think like in Wisconsin, we maybe hear about them more than in other parts of the U.S. Uh, there are a lot of stories and experiences that people have had in Wisconsin um, with Wendigos or what they think is Wendigos. So I want to talk about a couple different eyewitness experiences. And a lot of these came from the In Search of Monsters show, um, which mm aired in 2019 on the travel channel. So it's season one, episode five called the Wendigo and fun. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to save this there. I don't know if you still talk about some of our common characters um, that we used to have back in the first, like 20 episodes that a little bit, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. They seem to come up quite often. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss who, who, what, which of our um, frequent characters makes an appearance, but uh, so they, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting, and this doesn't have to do with Wisconsin, but they show this uh, kind of creepy video of an alleged Wendigo stalking a moose in Canada <laughs> on the side of the road that someone's filming the moose. And then you can see like, and it kind of looks creepy. It kind of looks like a, mm-hmm. like a white head and a long gangly arm yeah. kind of dragging below it. But I, I, I think it's a smudge on the window. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't really well, believe it. but yeah but a lot of people think that it's actually a wendigo so you know maybe we can look at it at the end and you can tell me what you think john but uh there you go. um it's uh it's kind of it's interesting for sure but going back to wisconsin i have a couple interesting stories so this first one this happened in trego wisconsin in 2014 so trego is like I had to look it up because I'd never heard of it, but it's in yeah. very like northern Wisconsin, like northwest. Mm. So um, Northwoods, very forested. Um, and this woman, Laura Ritchie, is a bartender. And at 1 a.m., she was driving home from work and she saw a creature emerge from the woods. And she actually described this creature as being 10 feet tall, so taller than we would normally okay. hear Wendigos being. So maybe there's something. Mm to mm. the you know the more they eat the bigger they get bigger they get sure yeah maybe this one was very well fed we don't know um but she describes it as having very it's long arms. buffet <laughs> yeah maybe um she says long arms gray and um the arms were almost long enough to the point that they dragged on the ground and oh, she okay. said that it had very large eyes that glowed like an orangish color which I just think is funny because like the, the Mothman story from earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. in Chicago, like kind of described it the same way. Like, right. Um, she even said like they glowed like reflectors, right. I believe in the story. So it's like okay. gray in color, very tall, large eyes, large head, uh, okay. you know, like reflector uh-huh. eyes. It's just kind of interesting how similar some people describe some of these stories. Um, but her immediate thought, which I also think is interesting, is that it was an alien. Like, that's what she immediately thought in her head was oh, like sure. a gray alien. Yeah. Um, but after she kind of told a couple people about her experience, she learned about Wendigos. And then she thought that that kind of fit the description better of what she saw um, than an alien. So now she believes that it was a Wendigo now that she's learned more about Wendigos. So 
that's interesting. She said, you know, she was driving, so it didn't like attack her or anything like that. But, mm. um, but definitely an interesting experience. I would recommend watching like this episode. Um, it is, it is kind of interesting to watch the, um, watch the interviews for sure. Um, although you do have to pay, it's on Amazon prime, but you have to pay $3 to watch it, but you know, wow. unless you have discovery plus then you can, you know, Oh, but, okay. Great. I do. Oh, well, there you go. Now, then you can yeah, watch yeah. it whenever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. And then the next witness, this happened in Rice Lake, Wisconsin in 2006, oh, sure. oh. which I believe is actually pretty close to Trago. So um, yeah, pretty from close. what I saw. Yeah. And this woman is Christy Rogers. She's actually a paranormal investigator. So I think like she was with a couple friends of hers and they were investigating. I can't remember if they were investigating the Wendigo or if it was something else, but they were in a canoe in the water. And she said that suddenly they felt something come up under their canoe and like push it up. And it knocked her mm. and her friend into the water. Um, and she felt, and it was like night, like it was, you know, a calm like lake that they were on. So there's like no reason that something like that should happen. Um, and she felt all of a sudden, like she was being pulled down into the water, um, like by her ankles. And eventually she got free um, and was able to swim to the, top of the lake but then she had like red marks on her legs and stuff like that and um and she believed like based on her research that this was a wendigo because there are stories about like wendigos either being like born from the water or like being around the water a lot um so yeah so that's what she believed um so that was another one and then this one is kind of interesting so this was two brothers and they were pretty young. Their names are Justice and John Santana. This happened in Spooner, Wisconsin in 2018. And um and I want to say like the older brother Justice, I believe the older brother's Justice. No, John is the older brother. Um he looked like he was maybe like 16 and the younger brother Justice looked like he was maybe like 12 or 13. So they both experienced seeing this Wendigo creature around their cabin while they were at like a camp with other kids um, on like two separate nights. So John saw it first and he said he saw it um, outside. Oh my gosh. No, I got them confused again. It is justice. who's the older brother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So confusing. Uh, Justice saw it first, the older brother. He was playing Hmm. cards with a friend in the cabin and he said he said he almost thought he saw like a big moth outside. And so he like caught his eye and he looked out, but then he realized that it wasn't like two wings. It was two eyes that he was seeing. And he saw this thing's like face, like kind of leaning down to look into the cabin and he like made eye contact with it for like five seconds. And he said he was just like terrified. And then the thing like yeah. ran off um, as, as you would be if that happened. Um, yeah. But I think that is the only time he saw it. So he, you know, and he didn't report it to anyone. Um, I think his friend saw it too, but he was like, he was, you know, kind of freaked out and didn't know if he like believed what he saw. So he just kind of kept it to himself. But then the next day, I believe his brother, John saw it, while he was outside, like returning to the cabin. Mm. So he was near the door of the cabin and he kind of like looked to his side and he was with another kid, his age. And he saw a creature that was like six to seven feet tall. And he said it like looked like a person, but he, 
it like was so big and it was so skinny um, and like white and he just he knew it wasn't a human. And mm. a- apparently, according to him, this thing started running at he and his friend and they took off running, um, eventually got back to the cabin and they actually immediately went and told the camp counselors about this because they, you know, were like <laughs> that went over well. Well, actually, this this is actually very surprising, but the camp counselors actually believed them and they went really out and for it. Yeah, they actually went out and looked for it and they s- apparently saw it in the clearing and then it like ran off and they didn't get a good look at it. So I don't think they didn't interview the the counselors. So I don't know if they like necessarily believe that it was a Wendigo or something like that. But uh but yeah they did believe him because they I guess it's good that they were, you know, concerned enough that something might be out in the woods and cared that, you know, these kids might be in some kind of danger that they took them seriously and went out and looked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was surprising as well. I was like, oh, well, good for them. Um, but his interview specifically, John, the younger kid, it was interesting because you could really tell like he was very freaked out by it. Like he like talking about his experience, like, it definitely did not, I did not get the impression at all that he was like making something up, you know, like he, he seemed like very shaken by it still, even though I think this was like a year later that he was being interviewed about it. Um, so that was really interesting. And Spooner is not quite as North, I think, but it's still, it was a very like woodsy forested area that they were in. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So that seems to be a very, um, common thing is that it's woodsy, very, very heavily forested um, where a lot of these experiences happen. Um, Lastly, this is kind of (laughs) interesting because this uh, experience we actually talked about during our Holy Hill episode, um, which I look back and that was Mm. the fifth episode that we did on Dairyland Frights. So um, this was a fun one. Yeah, it was a fun one. Um, And, and this is, yeah, the same experience that was had by a mom and her daughter in 2014 near Holy Hill. And their names are Mindy and Aurora Rosette. And uh, yeah, literally, literally, we talked about this as being like a potential Goatman sighting, actually, because um, we were talking about Goatman during the Holy Hill episode. So they kind of described their experiences a little bit different. Um, like in terms of what the creature looked like, they said like brown in color, not gray. Mm-hmm. Um, but the picture, there's like a kind of a, I, I don't want to say famous picture that this woman drew, but I've seen it quite a few times. She drew like a little um, mm-hmm. picture of what she saw. And it, it has like, it looks like it has like short kind of shorter arms that kind of like bend at a weird angle and like kind of like wider thighs and like the knees are bent awkwardly. And that's kind of why, um, people thought that it was like a goat man sighting because that would kind of fit that description more. Um, Cause the Wendigo usually has like long arms and like really skinny legs. So, um, but she kind of thought, said that maybe she was thinking it was a Wendigo um, also had a very large head notably. And Aurora, the yeah. daughter said the first thing that again, that she thought was that it might be an alien, um, which is interesting too, that that kind of keeps coming up. Right. But um, actually, J. Nathan Couch. So he's one guy that uh, I think we talked about quite a few times because he actually wrote a book about Goatman and he's, I believe, from Wisconsin and talks about the Holy Hill Goatman. And he was interviewed in this episode and talked about Wendigos a little bit and about this experience that Mindy and Aurora had. But they didn't they didn't mention the Goatman, though. I was a little disappointed. I was like, well, it might not be a Wendigo. It might be 
might be Goatman, but or might be an alien. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so that was another experience. I just thought it was kind of fun that it was something we had already talked about before. Um, but overall, though, <laughs> I just wanted to say the show, it's interesting. And I really do like the um, like eyewitness accounts um, and the fact that they show these people um, actually being interviewed so you can actually see them and see like how they react to it rather than just reading um, about what they experienced. But it's so overdramatic and yeah. something that really <laughs> annoyed me is they actually talked about, I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but there um, it was maybe like 10 years ago in Canada, there was this, um, this awful thing that happened where this guy, it was like a middle-aged guy. I can't remember his name. I think his last name was Lee, but he got on a bus and he sat next to this younger guy who was like in his twenties and the guy was sleeping and randomly um, kind of out of nowhere, this guy, the guy who got on the bus started stabbing the guy who was sleeping and he, and everyone freaked out. They all got off the bus. Um, Cause very quickly it was, I think apparent that this guy was dead. Um, oh and the God. guy continued like, uh, like dismembering this guy and he was like eating Ugh. bits of his flesh and stuff. It was like really oh. an awful, awful thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, um, and like, uh, and yeah, like I'll, I'll just leave it at that. If you, I, I will, it's an interesting wow. story, but it's really I look that up. Yeah. I, I just, if you just look up like yeah. Canada Greyhound bus incident, I'm sure Jeez. tons of stuff will show up about it, but yeah, they yeah. actually talked about this and like acted as though, like this, maybe this guy was actually a Wendigo, but like <laughs> I am 100% positive that this guy was like diagnosed with schizophrenia. Yeah. Yeah. He thought yeah. He mad. Yes. And I'm like, and it just mm-hmm. is annoying. I, I don't know. I'm always like annoyed by these shows because yeah. it's like, yeah. don't like, like it's fine to talk about people's experiences and like what they're mm-hmm. seeing and what they believe they saw, but like, let's not just make stuff up, you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, right, just right. for no reason. So, right. Yeah. So they do things like Brooke. Mm-hmm. walked into the woods yeah she had eaten a pizza a day before maybe that affected her uh-huh. but she saw you know they go yeah. crazy you know and they, these... they show a close-up of your uh, face ah uh-huh i don't know it like stop it <laughs> yeah it's so annoying and like all the people that they interviewed and stuff were interesting and it was it, there was a lot of good info in there about like the lore and these people's sightings and stuff but just like the way yeah. it was edited and stuff i was like oh my god yeah. like come it, on yeah, it's it's over it's really over the top you know yeah it is um so if you like that you you'll have a good time like uh-huh. i laugh my ass off at that stuff oh I yeah it is funny, funny. But it's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed yeah. to be scary, right? It's right, to and be that's like, that's the thing that's kind of yeah. frustrating. I think is like people, you know, more people who like more easily believe things, probably watch this and are just like so freaked out. Like they can probably, yeah, right. you know, like kids might be watching and think like, oh my god, I don't want to go to bed tonight. Like there's yeah, I don't want to go to bed. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and like granted, you know, that can happen with a lot of different things. But I think when mm-hmm. you're making a show that's supposed to be based in reality, it's a little. I don't yeah. know. It's a little crappy to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, whatever, I guess. But something else that was cool is that um Chad Lewis was on. And Chad Lewis, I think we've talked about so many times yes. um back in the day. Uh, but he they interviewed him a lot actually, and he um he was the one who actually talked to John and Justice, the two kids, about their experience. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and it was like really, I don't know. I just really like Chad Lewis. I feel like he's like such an empathetic person, and like he knows so much about the lore behind these um, like different cryptids and stories. But he he doesn't really seem to be like a fear mongering person. Like he just genuinely wants to like learn more about these people's experiences and try to find like the truth behind like what's happening. And so I really liked um, mm-hmm. like what they were right. what they were talking about and everything. So uh-huh. that was. Really cool yeah. to see him pop up again. Um, but something that he said uh, that I thought was kind of interesting was um, over the last two decades, interest in the Wendigo has exploded. I think it's because it's so unique and so terrifying that something yeah. about it resonates us, resonates with us like it did 400 years ago, which I think is kind of interesting. And we can talk about it a little bit more in depth in a little bit. But like when you think about, um, like I kind of mentioned at the beginning, 400 years ago, the fact that the, these stories about like community were so important because you needed to rely on mm-hmm. your fellow citizens to survive the winter and like share food and resources. Correct. And the fact that like where we currently are right now in society with like so many people being in poverty and like just things being mm-hmm. more and more out of reach in terms of shelter and food and everything's getting more and more expensive. It yeah. does kind of seem like, in a totally different way, like wow. that kind of story yeah. is very relevant now um, in right. a way that it was back then, but just, it, you know, in a different way, like just the greed that exists in society and stuff like that. So that mm-hmm. just his quote about that, I was like, wow, that's actually like a really kind of insightful point. Um, yeah, that's super interesting because it's, again, we went from communities where everyone had a purpose and everyone helped each other, whether you Mm -hmm. were the hunter, whether you were the farmer, whether you did the sewing, whether you, you know, Mm -hmm. on and on and on. Right. Yeah. And now, now everybody. It's like everyone for himself. Yeah. Everyone Mm -hmm. for himself. And that's the way it's going to be. And yeah, sure. We have specialized people like, Specialized nurses, specialized doctors, specialized mechanics, but but it's not the same. Like you can't go to a doctor and say, I, "Boy, my gut's not feeling so great here," and he specializes mm-hmm. in you know whatever gastronomy, whatever that stuff. He's not going to be like, "Oh, let me take a look and I'll bill you later." No, <laughs> yeah. But your insurance, what mm-hmm. you know? Oh, you don't have any insurance? Well, you're screwed. I get out of my, you know, yeah. or you have the, you, do you have the money to pay for this? Or you went bankrupt and it just doesn't, right. Yeah. You know? like people don't look out for each other. Like they, no. used to. there's not really like that same sense of community. Like I think individual people are like good people and like care about their yeah, neighbors sure. and stuff, but yeah, it's not but. really like a communal thing. It's not like yeah. you, you know, live in a community where, you know, everyone has your back and, you can count on anyone if you need mm-hmm. something and, mm-hmm. you know, you can go to your neighbor's house and be like, Hey, you know, our heater went out and we need blankets or something. You know, you, you it's like you, you right. worry that you might show up at your neighbor's house and they'll like right. have a loaded gun behind their door because they're like, Correct. you know, Correct. get off my property or something like yeah. that's, you know, yeah. it's a totally and, different vibe. Um, yeah. And I'm, again, there's always exceptions to the rule. I'm sure people are listening. They may have say, Hey, I've, I'm in a small town. Mm-hmm. I can go to this person. I know they're going to let me in if I'm scared because I think there's so many, right? There's always exceptions to that, but it's very few and far between. Yes. Which yes sucks. 100%. It does yeah. suck. And it's, it's just kind of <laughs> interesting that, you know, it's still 
like the myth of the Wendigo can still be so relevant today. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one other thing I wanted to mention too, is, and I kind of hinted at it with two of the stories is that um, they talk a lot about how um, these Wendigo sightings are like a lot of times the people who see them, they're immediately, their immediate thought is that it was an alien and um, oh, just like how similar these sightings are to sightings of like great aliens in a lot of cases. And I do have a couple like discussion questions at the end that I want, that'll come back to that. Uh, but right. first I kind of want to talk about um, what I uh, labeled as absolute buffoonery on Reddit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause I wanted to see if there are anything like Reddit. any interesting stories. Yeah. We always love going, going back to that. I love Reddit. Uh, me too. It's so fun. Uh, but I was looking for like legitimate sightings in Wisconsin and I, I did find a couple interesting oh, you stories, did? but, um, but oh, well, nice. I didn't include them cause I okay. felt like the other ones were more verifiable. Okay. Cause right. it was like, you know, people actually getting interviewed and telling their stories rather than just typing on Reddit. But I did find a couple very funny things that I wanted to share. Absolutely. So there is, uh, <laughs> there is this subreddit called Wendigo stories. And so this exchange happened three years ago and NY syrup gaming posted. Are there Wendigos in Wisconsin? I really hope it's a no. And Gerber, the undead responded. Yes, but it's summer. So you're fine. And then <laughs> Wendigo Max responded. Oh, oh, oh there we go. Undead. And he said, actually, at this point, you can find Wendigos in pretty much every country that isn't always hot. Most people believe they only live in parts of America, but that's wrong. So (laughs) Wendigo Max is clearly Wendigo Max. Where'd it go? (laughs) But then Skinwalker Ranch One. Oh, come to Skinwalkers. (laughs) He responded, nope. They're only in Canada and the Great Lakes states such as Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. The reason why you're wrong is because Wendigo spirits are only in Canada and the Great Lakes states that I mentioned earlier. But Wendigo spirits will wear you down, wear, wear down your insanity and give you thoughts of cannibalism until you actually consume human flesh or you become insane. And then it will possess mm. you and turn you into a Wendigo. Or another way you can become a Wendigo is by being extremely greedy. And then it will possess you and turn you into a Wendigo. Please follow the traditional legend Wendigo Max and not become someone who theorizes and believes in the pop culture version <laughs> of the Wendigo. Also, if you respond, I'm not going to argue with you because I know the actual legend. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought that was a funny down. Mic drop. I know. I was like, wow. Skinwalker Ranch is like, I am not here to play. I, I, am not I read the Wikipedia game. page and I know what it was. That is awesome. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And then there was one other one that I, oh my God, this one was so funny to me. So this was in the hunting subreddit. So r slash oh. hunting. And I forgot to grab this person's username. But yeah. the, the stuff that this guy was posting was so funny to me that I just had to mention it. It's like totally like outlandish. But yeah. so this is what he said. Warning to anyone and this. Oh, sorry. This was three years ago. If I didn't mention that. Oh, three years. So ago. there was. Yeah. Which also the other one was, too. So maybe a lot of people were concerned about when it goes three years Wendigo's ago in Wisconsin. Ago. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But this guy said, warning to anyone hunting this year in northern states, Minnesota and Wisconsin, especially. We've spotted Wendigo coming down from the mountains. Check comments for details if you don't already know what a Wendigo is. Then he continues. A Wendigo is a human being that is infected with a rare form of rabies, rapidly changing (laughs) the human body to be very fast and almost immune to frigid temperatures. Do not attempt to kill one. 
I've been hunting them since I was 13. I use a punt gun that fires 80 caliber tungsten balls at a velocity Holy of 600 shit. feet per second. Damn. <laughs> No, I know. It's like, holy crap. Uh, fast. <laughs> he says, even with that, it's very hard to kill them. They are very fast and strong. If you get scratched or bitten, first chance you get, put the barrel of your gun against the roof of the mouth and pull the trigger. The nice. picture. And then, okay, he also attached a picture, which is like, it's just black. Like, there's like two balls yeah. of light on it. But then he says, the picture above is a real Wendigo. Nine to, nine to 12 feet tall. 12 foot long arms, probably mm. 500 to 300 pounds. This one is probably a young one to go. Older ones never come down this far. Mm. <laughs> and then he continues. <laughs> they shouldn't go any further than the top line of Northern States. They can't survive in warmer, hot temperatures because their bodies are at a constant state of stress and need to be cold and to not overheat and die. Mm. You can tell they are nearby because they yeah. are very loud. They sound like, uh, someone blowing a war horn. It's a very <laughs> deep pitch sound that gives you the worst goosebumps you'll ever have. Fireworks are good to ward them off. You can keep them from smelling you if you cover yourself in skunk stink. It's nasty, mm. but Wendigo won't go anywhere near something that smells like skunk. I've heard weed works too, but I don't smoke <laughs> weed, so I'm not the best advisor on that. Cilantro <laughs> also is something they hate. Basil too. Plant it around your property or have it on you. So that is his <laughs> advice, <laughs> which I just love because I was like, I don't know where any of this came from. <laughs> see, see a bunch of guys smoking weed and putting some yeah. uh huh. With their, now. with their eighty caliber tungsten ball guns, rifle. <laughs> shoot through the moon, you know? Right? I'm like, what, what, what is what? this guy actually shooting? Because oh, I, I don't think it's <laughs> Wendigos. I. Just don't know. But what I love about this is someone took, think about this for a second, bro. <laughs> someone took the time to actually put this together. That's yeah. A, I love it. I love that. Like he was concerned for his he was, fellow hunter. Yeah. He was like, you guys need to know all about you this. You really need to know this. Like there is yeah. a guy out there right now. Who believes this? Yeah, there is. Oh, I love that. I, I don't oh. think this came across as him just like making something no, up. I think no. he's genuinely. No, this is not written by a 12-year-old kid. This <laughs> no. is written by someone who put thought into uh -huh. this. Yeah. That, so, so funny. Uh, so I had to share oh, that. So love um, that. Thank oh you. That's the best. <laughs> yeah just a little light humor since we were getting a little you know dark yeah cannibals to... and eating yeah. you getting bigger and put a gun in your brain okay yeah exactly i got you i need to move my cat again because he's it's a wendigo can you hear him, you hear him? <laughs> i can he's it's a wendigo <laughs> very friendly one he keeps trying to like climb into my lap but i'm sitting on a stool Mommy. and I, I can't <laughs> balance him <laughs> I'm like mommy come on i know i'm like i'll cuddle with you in a couple minutes calm down yeah yeah right huh <laughs> uh, no. now that we have heard a couple true stories that or well maybe not true <laughs> stories sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or at least stories that people believe in their head to be true yeah okay there we go <laughs> 
I want to talk a little bit about a couple of like portrayals of Wendigos in the media that I thought were oh, sure. um, interesting. A couple from like shows that I've actually like watched and really liked in the past that were just kind of interesting. Um, Supernatural. One of the first episodes oh. of the first season um, is about a Wendigo. And I thought it was kind of interesting. So their portrayal does not have antlers or horns. It actually does look more like this, uh, like emaciated, almost like Nosferatu vampirish creature, gray emaciated. So I think like that is a little bit more accurate to what maybe the original legends described Wendigos as. Um, And they describe it in the show as once a human who became something else, once forced to eat human flesh to survive. So basically that, Oh, they had to eat human flesh to survive. They turned into this creature. So there's a little bit of truth to that. But um, something they also say is that Wendigos hibernate and like to store live prey while they hibernate. Mm. I was like, I don't think there's really any truth to that. But part Mm. of the episode. Um, And another thing that I just uh, wanted to mention, because I just think it's interesting again with like kind of just the overall disrespect toward the actual like culture of um who came up with these stories and um Mm. and the algonquian people um in the episode dean says that they have to draw anasazi symbols to protect from the wendigo because the wendigo is like afraid of these anasazi protection symbols and i was like i haven't haven't heard of that in any of like the lore reading about so i looked into it yeah so Anasazi are a different people. Like, so, so there's two things here. One, um, the Anasazi is actually not a word that is um, uh, something that people should be like using anymore to describe this group of people because mm-hmm. it means um, ancient enemies, <laughs> which is oh, uh, just, you know, not really like the way no, anyone man. wants their ancestors described. Um, Mm. So the word that you're actually supposed to, or like the phrase you're supposed to use when referring to this group of people is ancient Puebloans, I think, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, But this group of um, Native Americans actually lived in like the four corners regions of the U.S. So like Utah, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the desert. Um, And they have nothing to do with the Algonquian people. So it was just interesting to me. So obviously Mm -hmm. like the Wendigo was not even part of their lore at all. Um, Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, like, I don't know. It like took me like five seconds to learn about that. And it's kind of interesting. Right. To, uh, Research department at Supernatural. No. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, like not five that, people doing research. Right. I yeah, know. Break. You know, and not that I really look to Supernatural as being like an accurate portrayal yeah, of this yeah, kind of that's stuff. That's what they always say. Right. right. But it's same just, thing with the X-Files. X-Files yeah, would say that too. They'd be there like, is. You know, yeah. it's a show. Like, relax. For sure. And there is a, actually an X-Files episode about a Wendigo as well. Although I do not know about yeah. that one. Or I don't mm. think I've watched it. So, um, yeah. But it's just, I think it's just kind of interesting because, um, I don't know, it just kind of goes along with like just people not trying to understand the original yeah. Um, yeah, uh, like source information and, you know, of about what Wendigos actually are and where they came from and what they mean. Um the other show that I wanted to talk about briefly is Hannibal. Um, so have you have you watched Hannibal? It's I've seen good. a few episodes. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, I watched like the first two seasons and I really liked it. But yeah, it's, it's a good show. But 
In the first season, Will Graham, the main character, um, so Hannibal's obviously about uh, Hannibal Lecter, kind of, you know, Sounds of the Lamb stuff. And Will Graham is like an investigator who like kind of gets like visions almost of like what, like he's very um, hyper aware of things Mm -hmm. and he can profile uh, like serial killers really well because of like his, you know, special kind of abilities. They're not really like supernatural, but they're kind of supernatural. Um, And so throughout the first season, he keeps like having these visions of like a horned man, like a, uh, very like dark in color you can't see his face but he's he has like antlers and he keeps being like freaked out by these visions that he's having and mm. um and eventually it's kind of revealed that this uh antlered man that he's seeing is actually Hannibal Lecter who is his like psychologist and he realizes that this cannibalistic killer that they've been looking for is his um psychologist Hannibal Lecter and uh, and it's interesting because it is like portrayed as though Hannibal is a, a Wendigo, and you know Hannibal Lecter is obviously a, a cannibal. So, um, just kind of interesting that they kind of made that like parallel, but they do portray like the Wendigo as having antlers um, in that one. So nice, kind of just interesting, but yeah, there's very. This- yeah, there's so many examples though, especially mm-hmm. from just like like Chad Lewis was saying from the last 20 years of of Wendigos in pop culture. Like they're in Marvel comic books. There's a character called the Wendigo. Um, there was a movie called Antlers that came out in 2021. I think it was like Guillermo del Toro movie. Um, I didn't Ooh, watch it, sure. but I kind of want to. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, so that one obviously portrays the Wendigo as having antlers. Um, apparently, there's Wendigos in Pet Cemetery, which I did not know about. Um, and then the X-Files and also video games. So I I play Fallout 76. And there's actually a lot of cryptids in it, which I think is really fun. There's Mothman and uh, like the Flatwoods Monster mm-hmm. and the Snallygaster. Like mm-hmm. there's so many cryptids in uh, West Virginia where it takes place. So it kind of makes sense. But uh, but yeah, there's Wendigos as well in Fallout 76. So they pop up a lot. And I was wondering, have you can you think of like a movie or a TV show that you've seen a Wendigo and like, um, how is it portrayed? There was, there was a movie and now a uh, drawing a total blank. It was on probably three or four years ago on Netflix. It's a really good movie. Uh, I'll get the title and then I'll put it out there on my social media sites. Um, basically these three guys were in this like Netherlands and they were camping and they kept on bumping into this really strange antler creature. Oh, and, the ritual? And they find, Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Kind of similar to that, but it was more of a bigger creature, and they worshipped this creature, but it, they had to give it, like, sacrifices and stuff. It was a very interesting, very spooky movie. Yeah. Um, the kind of guess you, you know, was this a real creature, or was it a man in a costume? Um, yes, very good movie. Um, the other thing is I play Assassin's Creed, and in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they have Wendigos in there that are when you do the Ireland campaign are, are kind of magical mystical and you don't want to get in a fight with them because they uh, like jump on your back and rip your throat out. Mm. Try to, but yeah. um, they're very hard to kill in the game unless you're at a higher level. Um, then I just stomp on them and I kick their butt. <laughs> the Viking <laughs> kick ass That's but on early. Yeah. But on earlier levels, they just rip your guts out and just destroy you. And there's not much you can do about it. And yeah, uh, but it's very, they do it really. So 
in there, they do it really, really well because these uh, windigos will pop out of like this kind of um, fog. So you'll go into like a, uh, like a, I don't know, like an old graveyard or something like that, or some magical ritual place in um, the game. And then these things will pop out. And uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yes, there are in a bunch of other video games too. I do uh, know that too. And I, I just can't think of them off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. they're, they're nasty, very nasty creatures to fight. So yeah, I'm going to need that gun. Yeah. Um, that, For sure. uh, <laughs> or you're going to, that guy had it. Um, get oh, the, the, and some yes, basil and some now. basil and cilantro for yeah, sure cilantro <laughs> maybe i have a chance in this video game but uh, anyway yeah definitely yeah it's really interesting so assassin's creed valhalla is like is it like an does it take place in like the nordic area like yes it is the vikings um right. i i highly recommend it if you if you like any of the assassin's creed games it's one of my favorite ones um where y- it's chock full of history and will take you a very long time to play uh even if you're an adamant gamer um and so it it follows all viking history to their raids to the time they meet up the christianity to the times they raid paris to the i mean it's yeah the whole thing so that is interesting like yeah it's really interesting it's really really well done you build villages and and now i'm like talking assassin's creed this ain't a video game podcast but there we go (laughs) (laughs) no that sounds cool though it's interesting because i i hadn't like heard of i guess like i think the wendigo is only like a north american thing it's it's like a weird um how do i say like hybrid of it yeah Yeah. right yeah you have to look at the pictures if you really want to go go look at the pictures they they um some of the game uh screenshots out there and it's kind of very, 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 very similar. And they, yeah. but they call it something very similar to that. But yeah, yeah, nasty stuff. Very interesting. Yeah, so definitely a lot of um, a lot of examples of um, a lot of examples of Wendigos, especially recently for some reason. And again, like we were kind of saying, maybe it has something to do with the fact that we. Mm-hmm. Have kind mm-hmm. of like strayed from the path that the mm-hmm. um, Algonquian mm-hmm. people were trying to um, right. emphasize back then of like caring for your neighbors and things like that. It's kind of it's interesting because no one really associates the one to go with that, but it is something that we kind of need as a society right now. Yeah. Um, one yes. other quick thing uh, that I want to mention is uh, this thing called Wendigo psychosis, which actually is like a medical mm. term that started to be used in the 1920s um, as like a uh, to talk about like a mental condition where a person is like consumed with the idea of eating human flesh, which Ooh. I didn't look into it too much. I didn't know that this was a thing. It kind of was like, Oh, interesting. But it's kind of debated whether this is like an actual legitimate diagnosis or if it's like part of a mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. like mental condition, you know, something like, I mean, I don't even know how, what would cause someone to have those t- types of a, uh, urges but uh but yeah so when to go psychosis is like a thing that um is kind of mentioned in the medical field which i didn't know about so i thought that was kind of interesting but yeah but yeah um yeah so i i kind of like just had some i guess last minute you know things to kind of talk about kind of relating back to that idea of like do we in like modern american society like could we use tales like this as uh yeah. um, you know like 
to warn about the importance of things like mm. community and the importance of things yeah. like not being greedy. Um, mm-hmm. cause I don't really think that we have anything like that, that, no. you know, it, it's kind of like we've strayed from, I don't know, the importance of that concept. Um, I blame Facebook. <laughs> me too. Me too. I, <laughs> Since that one in doubt, blame Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I I agree. Uh, a quote too that I thought was interesting from that backstoryradio.org website because um, they talked a lot about like how how important the Wendigo was to Native people and um, and kind of how it was totally changed. But this quote from that article said. Uh, among many native peoples, the Wendigo remains a warning against greed, but now they associate it with the excess of capitalism and colonialism rather than the wilderness mm. or barren winters. So, yeah, um, right. And then another article that I read too from Facing History, um, they had said, uh, What if the monstrosity we face is actually not an otherworldly presence, but our all too human selves? I'm like, wow, that's that's deep. That's pretty that's deep. Pretty, pretty deep here. Yeah. But it got me kind of thinking, like, I, I don't know. Like, I guess, and I'm just going to kind of like ramble a little bit and then get, I want your take. But something that I was kind of kept coming back to was the the fact that so many of these cryptid sightings um, from things like rakes and wraiths and gray mm-hmm. aliens and flying humanoids mm-hmm. and wendigos and goat men and dog men mm-hmm. and sasquatches like so many different sightings like so many people describe them in a similar way like a lot of people will use similar right. um traits like they were you know seven to eight feet tall they had gray skin they had a big head they had black eyes they had you know they looked at me funny but they didn't really do anything they you know it's it's or they saw him along the side of the road and they disappeared. And, um, and it, it got me kind of like thinking like, what if it's all like the same thing? Cause I do believe that people are having these experiences where they're seeing this. I don't believe that, you know, everyone's just making mm-hmm. this stuff up. I think people are seeing something that's freaking them out. And I think that back in, you know, 400, 500, 600 years ago, they were probably also seeing something that freaked them out. But I think like when people see something like that and it scares them and they don't understand it, like we as humans want to ascribe some kind of like meaning to it or some kind of reasoning. Yeah. We want to put a label on it. We want to like rationalize in our head, like what could this be? What could it mean? (laughs) And, and I think back, you know, when the Algonquian people were, um, you know, trying to survive the wilderness, what made sense to them was probably like, oh, this thing that we're seeing that we don't understand. Maybe it's a person who was consumed by greed because of the harsh winters and because of them trying to uh, to survive and maybe stealing from other people or keeping resources from other people. And, yeah. and over time, like that mythology kind of changes. Like maybe we're seeing, people are seeing the same thing today, but now we because of technology we are like well maybe it's aliens maybe they are you know coming here from another planet and they're trying to understand more about us or maybe they're abducting us and performing experiments on us and it maybe it's always been the same being that people have been seeing Hmm. and it's just depending on the the culture or you know who sees it then we the meaning behind it like changes you know like that's kind of like 
the more I like read and learn about cryptids, the more I think like there's that I don't know if I believe that there's like so many different cryptids out there that I think there's a lot of, you know, they're all maybe the same thing or maybe something similar. Um, and that we're just kind of assuming different things about it based on like culture and whatever's happening in the world at the time, I guess. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's kind yeah, of that's like really interesting. Yeah. And that's something I would love to do maybe a round table discussion on or something like that. Yeah. I've been thinking about this year. I'm trying to get um, like maybe like yourself or some other of my podcast friends, spooky friends out there um, and, and talk about different subjects and, and talk about what um, like I had an author on. And he was Sue, his name was Dr. Randy Overback. Uh, do a shout out to him. And he was talking about in other cultures, you know how they view ghosts as a help, as yeah. they're helping. These spirits are there to help you, they're mm-hmm. to frighten you, not to take anything away from you, not to kick you out of your house. They're there, like in Tibetan uh cultures and, and other our cultures where they're they're there because they're trying to show a message. They're trying to help. They're trying to do something to make you a better person one way or another. Yeah. In our culture, (laughs) thanks to, well, again, I I don't blame the media and the uh, movies because who really wants to go to a movie and see this nice friendly ghost like Casper, unless you're Mm -hmm. a little kid, right? Who's saying, Hey Brooke, let me help you with your life. And I'm uh-huh. going to help you do this. And I'm going to be a better person. You'd be like, how long does this damn movie go on? No, you want somebody like right. their face <laughs> ripped off and their blood coming out of that shower head. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what yeah, want. you want to see that. Right. <laughs> right. And so we're part of the problem too, but I do think like, again, are we really, um, you know, there's so many stories out there who people would, too much greed and everything. And, and that's the problem with America. And in, in my opinion, not to get too mm-hmm. political here is like, you know, you see, I, like I always tell my children just because some dude like Mr. Beast is this multi-billionaire. <laughs> now, do you know what he had to do to get there? Mm-hmm. What do you think? He just woke up, but now he's giving away his money. Now he's doing a lot of good things with that. Supposedly, according to my kids, I don't mm-hmm. follow him, but, <laughs> but the point is that's what you should do, right? You should get to a certain level in your life and say, you know what? I have $20 billion in the bank. Yeah. Maybe I should help literacy campaigns. Maybe I should help hospitals and schools. Like mm-hmm. I can't spend this damn money. Let's bring a community together. Let, you know, yeah. but that leads to then other things like cult right Mm -hmm. so people are fascinated with cults and how does a cult get started is hey brooke i believe what you believe you believe what i believe let's get a bunch of people together and put it together and then like let's wear nike uniforms and (laughs) like you know yeah what what just happened Mm -hmm. what what what's you know like wouldn't it be really nice, right? You have a community garden. Okay, you know, hey, I, yeah. I made this. You know, let's. Hey, my kid's not feeling well. Well, you know what? I can help you with this. Like, yeah, okay, that's we what need, we're trying to do here, right? Yeah, I think we yeah. need like a happy medium because it seems like yeah. it's one or the other. It's either like every man for themselves. The only people yeah. you should care about is like yourself and maybe like 
your spouse and your kids and that's well, it. And yeah. everything needs to revolve yeah. around getting more money yeah. and more power so that right. like you build this wall around yourself and you're isolated from everyone else. Yeah. Or yeah. it's yeah. like, okay, we all, you know, trust this same person and we're going to follow the same person and believe everything that they say. And like our entire right. the, world right. is going to revolve around this. And it's like, there's this, a happy medium where like we can yeah. all just be, like caring and respecting of the people around us and try to help the people around us. And when we have an excess of money or an excess of food that we share it yeah. and we make sure yeah. that the people around us are safe too. And like this, yeah. you know, communal approach to living and existence that just doesn't yeah. exist anymore. At least, you know, like you said, it, maybe right. it there's exceptions. There's yeah. right. There's there's so it's not everybody. There right. are exceptions, but it, just remember your history, which as you know, Brooke, I'm a big history guy. Mm -hmm. and I know you love history too, is uh, when the pilgrims came here, uh, they were going to die. If it wasn't for the Indians to be like, mm -hmm. hey, we got extra food and we got extra this and extra that. Hey, we'll come on over and we'll help you. And yeah. oh, we'll show you where the food is and we'll show you how to, you know, oh, thank you. You know, right. that, like what happened to that? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, because they didn't have to do shit. They could have just watched them die. Mm -hmm. Oh, a bunch of people. Let's watch them die. And that's what a lot of people do nowadays. Well, let's just watch those people die. Right. Like, yeah. what? What's yeah, wrong like, with you? Right. Because it's like, <laughs> we're so used to just, yeah, like, not even really thinking in her head like that's a real person like that's a person the right. same as me you know it's like you see it on social media and it's just almost like a movie like you don't even really register that it's no. real human suffering because it's like oh well they live in a different country they have a different yeah. skin color they speak a different language i don't know right that's yeah. you know that's barely even real to me it's like how we see it which is so awful and right. I think, like you said uh, facebook and social media is i think a it's big just, part of Right. why we feel that way now and right and we can use it for other things and there are times which thank goodness people are like hey i have a friend they 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 couldn't pay their heat bill mm -hmm. this month and they have you know a couple uh, little kids at home could, could you know spare 10 bucks for yeah you know and you look it up so it's not some and that's scary that you have to look it up and see if it's a bunch of scumbags out there trying to take your money. But mm -hmm. yeah, you sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to vet it, which is stupid. But you know, most of the time, it, it usually is true. You know, usually is somebody, a friend of a friend of a friend, even if it's a Facebook friend saying, I can't pay the heat bill. Mm -hmm. Hey, let me give you a couple bucks. Let me uh, see if I can get a bunch of other people to help me out. And, you know, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is interesting that we've gone from this Windigo ripping your face <laughs> off. You got to kill it with a big gun. It got sharp teeth. <laughs> you got to have your cilantro. <laughs> but, but right, cilantro and your basil or whatever the hell else. And you're <laughs> having some gummies, you know, uh -huh. um, uh, whatever. Uh, I, I just think it's. I think it's great. This is a great story. I love this story. I I love the buffoonery from Reddit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love Reddit. So anything else to wrap, wrap this up other than I have to ask you the question because you're the guest today. Mm. Uh, we'll kind of guest hosting together kind of a little bit, uh, but still you're the guest. Uh, <laughs> you believe in it. Do you think it's real? Yeah. E yes. <laughs> yes. I believe that there is something Strong, out yeah. there. I, you know, yeah. you know, it's a, it's always hard. I always, I'm like, yes mm. and no. <laughs> yeah. 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 
I, I lean towards, uh, I guess I'm more no or more yes than no, but, uh, yeah, but I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a great story that I wish was true because again, like from my research, uh, when I, when I did a Christmas episode and it was so funny, Brooke, like all the creatures in the Netherlands, UK, mm-hmm. Ireland were all like, if you're a bad kid, I'm going to eat you. Oh, yeah. Burn you Anderson, alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh-huh. I'm going <laughs> to cut off your toes. And yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, every every character in there were like, you know, if you, right. If you if you are not a good kid. I'm gonna eat you. There was, uh, oh, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think, the the niece or the nice. They were kind of like, um, like they're kind of like um, dwarves spirits. But what they do is basically, if you're not a good kid, they kind of well just drag you out of bed and kill you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like what? You're telling that to like a six year old kid, by the way. Yeah. You're yeah, going to so die crazy. from the knees who are going to, you know, drag you out of your bed <laughs> and kill you. Like, so, what? Uh, yeah, interesting. I'm going to straighten up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to take the garbage out. Jeez, leave me alone. Yeah. Well, maybe that worked, you know? Maybe kids need to know. hear stories like that. But I, I get what you mean, though. I think, like, I, I don't necessarily... So I believe that there is something out there that back then was, like, maybe hunting people... Maybe some sure. kind of monster. Maybe it was a you know a bear. Who knows? But who knows? I don't really think that like the Wendigo lore is true. Like the whole cannibalistic yeah. side of it. You turn into a Wendigo no. if you yeah. turn into eat human flesh. I don't believe that. Yeah. I think I that was you. created by like the mm-hmm. elders to sure, put meaning to it and like to yeah, help instill like values into yes. kids and people. Absolutely. Um, but I think yeah, like that they're. That there maybe is some kind of monster out there that's doing, you know, mm. that people are seeing, mm. that people are um, experiencing. But but I don't think I believe the lore. But I believe that it was very important to the yeah. culture and to how people um, viewed the world and how they grew up mm. and stuff. Which mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. which in, you know, and at that point, it's like, does it matter if it's real in their head? Maybe it mm-hmm. is real. Maybe. Yeah. What is right. real? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They might know anymore. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. know. Uh, well, this Brooke was this was excellent. I love this. That's why you're the cryptic queen. <laughs> um, I'd love to have you on again. Like I said, yes, when absolutely. you can spare, spare some time, we we'll do some more cryptids. Maybe have a roundtable. Um, it, it's just really exciting to me to have you back and uh, you know have my audience enjoy your great research. I know you work so hard for it and do a great job on it. Thanks. Um, it's great so feedback. It's, yeah, it's very fun, very fun. Um, so as you know, well, you you know, it's been a little while, but remember, we always say, say hi to your ghost. Yes. So hello, ghost. <laughs> and stay spooky. Stay spooky. Thanks, Brooke. I'll Thank talk you, John. To you later. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye.